double teamed fam how are we doing today it's just us two it is just us two i thought you were gonna change it but okay another you know episode what? of how are we doing today it's a staple honestly who doesn't want to hear the dual set tones of welcome back double teamed fam you know okay we'll go with it <laughs> anyways Hope you've all had a great week. Um, we'll How just, are we doing, fam? We'll start off this episode with a little story time. Maybe so. some more energy from Nikki. I'm fine. You're... <laughs> okay, anyways. Yeah, let's let's do a little story time. So we went to a sex party over the weekend. We did post about it on the Patreon, on our... Do we post it on our stories on Instagram? I know I posted something to close friends. I can't remember, honestly. I think we did mention it on the Instagram as well. Anyways, it's a party that's hosted by two of our friends. They do it every year. It's one of their favorites. They host multiple, but this theme that they did last year was the first sex party I ever went to. So yeah, it was kind of fun, you know, a year later, same theme, you know, but this time I knew everyone, it wasn't my first rodeo, and by now I've been to, you know, a gazillion sex parties. But anyways, the theme is Berghain and Berlin. If you don't know what Berghain is, it's a very popular techno club in Germany that's known for their dark rooms where people go and have fun, sexy time in like pitch black rooms where you can't see anything at the club yeah so and i remember i learned about this club before i went to the party because when i was writing one of my little love stories it was set in germany let's not go into any further details there anyways i was writing a book it was set in germany and i remember i was like sex clubs in germany and the first one that there's like kit kat berghain there's a couple others, but those are the ones that I are definitely want to go to a club named Kit Kat. I know, right? Like, I hope For they, sure. I hope they Sorry. sell Kit Kat. Oh, my allergies are really bad. I was just noticing how dry my skin is. I need to add some lotion <gasps> over here. Me too. Oh my god. Anyways, we're getting off topic. So, when it comes to Berghain, think fishnet, black. They have their very like, own very. Um, cool style ig page just for the line yeah it's the like, line to get in is crazy it's notoriously hard to get into this club but either way just think goth moody sexy right yeah that that's berghain that was the theme of this party it was dope lots of techno i loved it so for this party i um i had originally invited one of my partners um, but they said they didn't want to go. They just weren't quite ready for that yet. So I invited the avocado farmer, which he came through with the avocados. He really came through with the avocados. He brought, he brought, like brought a whole ass bag. Yeah. And I actually also had someone on Reddit that I was talking to. They were like, Hey, can you ask the avocado farmer how to tell when they're ripe? And I asked him, he got a huge kick out of that that someone had asked. And so he told me, you know, when they're like dark and soft, that's when you know. And he showed me some examples from the avocados he brought, which I thought was clutch. But Anyways. let's just mention that Nikki and I don't actually consume a lot of avocado. So we have a lot of extra avocados. We consume some, but so not if like you're in the, the LA like area and you're looking for one avocado from <laughs> Nikki's farmer. Well, we have a whole bag. I don't know what we're supposed... I wanted to make avocado chocolate pudding with it. We can definitely do that. So when we go to the store, we need to get some cocoa powder. Um, because I've made avocado chocolate pudding before and it's pretty good. good. 
Um, anyways. Anyways. So forward. the avocado farmer came through. He brought the avocados. He was like, what do I wear? I'm like, he's not the kind of guy that's going to put on like, you know, an outfit for the theme. An eyeliner. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, just do a black t-shirt and black boxers or briefs, whatever the fuck you wear. You know, when we get there, like you'll strip down into like just your underwear. So whatever you're comfortable. And he was like, okay, cool. And then I wore, it was a black thong, a black triangle top. I have a leather garter from Marie Muir that I wore over it. And then I did ask my doms for permission to wear my cum dumpster collar, which I wore. And then I also brought my riding crop from Honey Burdette that Kimi gifted me for Christmas. I did a high pony. So picture like a very, my outfit was very much like, did you watch the video? What was that one Taylor Swift song? Um, Was it the look what you made me do? Maybe. Kind of like those vibes. High pony, dark high pony, you know, black, 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 leather choker, leather garter. It was super cute. And then the girl that I've been seeing for a year, we're just going to call her C because, you know, the girl that I've been seeing for a year or my best friends with benefits is really too long to say. So we're going to call her C. C came with me as well. She was invited by the couple, so she came. So we all went together and we carpooled there. And this was the first time that the avocado farmer had been to one. So I feel bad. I feel like we kind of, you know, made him a little nervous as we were like trying to get him prepared for it. We were like, hey, here's some things you might see or expect, you know, whatever. And he was like super nervous. But once we got there, I feel like those dissipated. I thought he took it like a champ. Oh, he really did. You know what the best part, the best part was is everybody came over to our place. Like the avocado farmer and Nikki's girlfriend came over to our place. So we would all carpool together. So Nikki and C are spending like an hour trying to get this damn harness on Nikki. It's really hard to get on. Literally, I had no idea what to wear. The first black lacy bodysuit that I tried on, I was like, this is it. I'm not putting much more effort into it. You know, and we're just like running around getting ready. Meanwhile, the avocado farmer is just sitting on our couch while my dog is just incessantly like nut tapping him and trying to get him to, you know, pet him. and Because Snow is like that. My dog is like that. If you walk up to her, the first thing she's going to want to do is smell your crotch. She just wants to get to know you. She, she does a lot scent. of nut taps. A yeah, lot of nut taps. And then she just wants attention. So, you know, she's all <laughs> upon you. Um, and, you know, she wants pets. So he's just sitting there getting pets while, you know, Nikki and I are getting ready. And C is, you know, helping us out with getting ready. And then finally we all go. But the real reason I wanted to tell y'all about this story. Now, you've heard us talk about sex parties. Shit always happens. But, you know, Kimmy has been adamant about the fact that she's a sub. And then, you know, we heard her little story about when she performed at a sex party. And, you know, she flogged some people and she got a little toppy. You know, that was great and all. And, And she says it was in the name of service submission. At one point in the party, I just remember like... The, as soon as we get there, I give Cami my riding crop because I'm like, you know what? I don't want to carry it. And Cami was like, you know what? I want to hit some people. So I give her the riding crop. Respectively. Then, yep. Respectively. Consensually. <laughs> and then she was like, you know what? I want to flog her. So she finds a, one of the dudes there that's a dom and he had a whole bag of his stuff that he brought. He brought shibari rope. Yep. And so she borrowed his flogger for the evening. Anyways, party continues, whatever. And then, like, as people are starting to get into the play mood, like, I come back into one of the rooms at one point, and Kami's got a girl on all fours on the couch as she's flogging her. And I remember C and I are looking at her, and we're like, okay, love this for you, but this isn't very submissive of you. Mind you, I didn't even see Kami get flogged. 
I Every, did get flogged. If yeah. you've seen the bruises on my ass, I got flogged. I know you got flogged, but not once did I actually see you get flogged. I only saw you do the flogging. So I, I actually, my, I started, yes, I was carrying the crop and I was carrying the flogger, right? Actually, they were all in one hand. I see this couple on the couch, this really beautiful woman. Um, she had phenomenal tits. She really Respectfully. Did. She did. And phenomenal. this guy, and they were, yeah, I they were having- I did get to feel her boobs. I remember that. I got to kiss them. Oh, <gasps> I'm jealous. Yeah, I did. That was fun. Anyways, so they were on the couch having fun, sexy times. And I go up to them and I'm just watching. And then the girl wanted to make out. So we did. And then I think they were both porn stars. I'm not like 100% sure. I know he was. But at one point, I remember he was like, subscribe to our OnlyFans. And I was like, will do. The couple and I talked a bunch. But anyways, I was just watching them for a little bit. And then, you know, at one point we ended up in another room and I had my flogger and I asked him if he could flog me because I kind of flogged his girlfriend earlier when they were having sex just for a tiny bit. So then we go out there. He flogs me like a shit ton. And then he flogs his girlfriend, fiance, wife, whatever she was. And then he flogged me. Yeah. And then he flogged Nikki. It was just a very short amount of time. And then after that, that's when I went back in and I started flogging. I got to flog two men. Very excited about that. And one of them, it was his first time being flogged. He was so cute. Anyways, he was like, oh my God, this is my first time. I'm like, I got you, babe. Don't you worry. So I got to flog him and we like kind of bonded over the fact that it was his first time. And then I got to flog one of Nikki's old fuck buddies, I guess. I don't know. And y'all are just yeah, friends, we were- but y'all used to you know, fool around a little bit. We still do occasionally. It's just very sporadic. Like it's probably every like once a quarter with Once him. a quarter. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So anyways, I got to flog them and then I started flogging the women and that's when y'all came in. Yeah. And so and let me just- time after that is sometime after that, I went back out to the other room and I got flogged again by that guy. Okay. But let me just set the scene here. And this is why the debate really comes up. So C and I- along with the avocado farmer, are walking back into this room. It's kind of like the main room where all the drinks are set up and it's like towards the front of the house. Walk back into this room. There's a fog machine. There's lasers. Like they have a really dope setup. It's dark. It's moody. There's like people all around having sex. And I just like in the middle of this room, I look to my right and I see Cammy. And this is like the first thing I hear when I walk into the room. She was like, yeah, I'm just a sub. And then wham, she like... (laughs) smacks his girl in the ass with a flogger and C and I look, both look at each other and we look back at Camilla and you're like we're like you're not a sub like you are not a sub you do not just like hit people with floggers all night and call yourself a submissive now I don't think you're at the dom level I really don't because the power exchange that's a little different but you are I do give the caregiving aspect I make sure you know to rub the cheeks a little bit check in on them pet them, make sure they're okay, be nice. So I do know to provide that. And I and I think I, that comes from your submissiveness. But what I'm saying is I think you're a submissive who also likes to top. Yes. Now, actually, you know what? Maybe that is a, a debate. For our kinksters, especially our more seasoned kinksters, does it, can you be a sub that tops? Does that make you a switch? See, I know, and I guess that's a thing. So... We talked with Miss Nidas about how like if you're topping your dominant as a service to them, that is not switchiness or that is not dominance. That is topping 
in the form of service submission or in the name of service submission. But this wasn't like you weren't being a service submissive to these people. You were just topping them. As I was to- topping as a top. I was. And that's the thing. It was not a power exchange. I was not trying to be dominant. For example, at one point I remember, especially like when I was getting flogged, that was also not a, a huge power exchange either. I had just met that man. No, um, I think that was just impact. Play he was for the really, sake of he like, was really nice, but it was, it was impact play for the, for the sensation. sensation yes. Yeah. And I remember this because the Dom that tied me up in Shabari, he was one of the ones that I borrowed the flogger from. And I was sitting after one of the sessions where I got flogged, I was sitting next to him and, and his wife and his wife was like holding me and he was really, yeah, I got cold. She was? Yeah. Oh, okay. Which I love her. She's so nice. She is. And she was very soft. Anyways, so he was like, he was like, that flogging wasn't for power exchange. It looked a little bit more mechanical. And I was like, yeah, I was just doing it, you know, especially at sex parties, because for me, you know, if I'm going into my submission, I want it to be with someone that I'm like building a connection with. So if I'm doing just flogging or impact play at a sex party, it's just a sensation right? It's just impact play. That's the same for me because I get flogged at sex parties quite a bit and rarely for me is it ever a power exchange because like there's really not enough time to kind of like discuss, uh, you know, the full, have the full discussion before a power exchange. We'll do just a quick like, you know, red, yellow, green. Sure. I'm good with that. And then like, you know, let me know if anything like now. Yeah. I will say when I performed at the sex party, when I was a performer, the dynamic there was established. So that was a little bit more of a power play. A power exchange, yeah. Okay. Or a power exchange, which I did like. Okay. But at this one, he was like, yeah, so you so you just do it for, for, for the impact play. And I was like, yeah, you know? And he was like, well, do you want to get tied up in Shabari? And I was like, hell yeah, I do. So after my flogging sessions ended, we ended up going back to one of the couches and he tied me up in some really intense shibari probably the most intense that i've done up to that point oh really he did put me in my subspace for a little bit which was really nice oh it is um and i've met him before that wasn't the first time i've Um, never seen him as a dom but i do get very good dom energy from him yeah you know he took great care of me because i've only ever really seen him in the setting of like hosting the sex parties yeah but he hosts different sex parties he was just a guest at this one but i've i actually haven't seen him in like the realm of his dominance so that's interesting I'd, i'd like to see that yeah, I really liked it. I, I enjoyed my time doing the shibari, doing the power exchange, just kind of showing him my sub side and he showed me his dom side and it, it went, it coincided pretty well, which I really liked and he took good care of me. I really do think though that like, I, I mean, I'll just, to me, it was hilarious walking into a room and I just hear you go, you're like, yeah, I'm not, I'm just a sub. And then you're like immediately hitting this girl with a flogger and like, that's all I saw you do is like hold or is like hitting these people with a flogger. And I will say like every time that I saw you doing that, I did notice more dominant energy or at least like very, very confident top energy. Confident top energy indeed. And I will say, and one of the girls that I flogged, she was like, there's no way you're a sub. That's what I'm saying. I think, and that is so funny because the Dom, right before we started the Shibari, he was like, I don't, I don't know how you're a sub. I, I don't see it. And then as soon as we started doing the Shibari and he put me in subspace, what I remember someone walked up and he was like, <laughs> he said to them, he was like, I didn't believe that she was a sub, but she's being a very good girl right now. Um, he was like, I'm very much convinced now. So he, he could see my sub side then. And it was really nice. I'm just saying you exuded, you very much exuded switchy energy 
when I saw you flogging these girls. I didn't see you flogging the men. I would have loved, especially my my that one guy that um, I don't want to call him. He a did great, by the way. He did back arch and everything and he's got a great i was like way to go the other guy was like a little he did not want to back arch at all which he's got a great ass too like very bubbly yeah Um, i would have loved to see that especially because like he's just he is switchy i think well it's funny because i was flogging him as he was eating someone out oh beautiful yeah so Uh, was he eating out i have no idea okay i don't remember her Anyways, but I thought that was really cool. All I'm saying is I feel like as you get more comfortable in these more dominant spaces or top spaces, what are you going to call them? I see some of that energy coming about. I do think it will take you a longer amount of time to really come into your dominance if it is truly there, but I see it peek through at times. I just think you'd have to have very submissive subs in order for your dominance to come out. I will say when I had the male sub as a performer, that gave me a, a nice dominant energy. Yeah. And that people, I tapped I'm, into a little bit. And but he was also he also gave me a really safe space. So I, I I felt like I could be dominant with him. Well, I think that's one of the big things there is like if someone gives you the safe space to explore your dominance. That's what it took for me too. I will just never forget that moment because I thought it was the funniest thing. And especially since like, as soon as you said that, you know, and then you you whipped that girl, I like looked at C right away and we both kind of gave these each other this look of like, and I remember she even said it herself. She was like, that girl is not a sub. She is a switch. <laughs> I'm excited at least to see as you explore more of it, what comes of it. I'm also interested as well. I will say I feel blessed that after not really getting to explore. Well, let's see, you know, I started exploring my kinky side, you know, with my ex Dom more, you know, with more intent at the beginning of last year. And then towards the end of the year in 2021, you know, he and I kind of stopped our our dynamic and I didn't get to explore it as much. And then attending these parties and getting to get back into, you know, topping or being, you know, a sub has really been like, so nice for me. It just, it, it makes me just continue. Yeah. To continue. Well, I to mean, I further. see like just how much you are in your element. And I think that's one of the reasons why I get so frustrated with your situationship with your ex Dom, because you guys don't really do your dynamic anymore. Not that, you know, my opinion should dictate what you do in your relationships. But what I'm saying is, is that like, it's disappointing that you guys stopped exploring it when I see you in that element, when I see you really get to explore that, like you really are beaming and it is a side of you that I think is so like amazing to witness because you, you look so like happy and excited and fulfilled in so many ways that like, I wish for you partners that want you to explore that space and that give you the safety to, you know, dive into them deeper. Yes. I'm excited to dive in deeper. Especially, you know, if I get to perform at more parties, if I get to find, you know, more people that I can explore my my sides with. So you got to come to the lovely fate parties because I think you'll like them because they're more kinky. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. Anyway, so that was story time, kind of a long story time, but we hope you enjoyed it. Today's episode is actually going to be pretty short. I had seen something on Reddit that I really liked and I kind of just wanted to give my quick two cents on it. Anyways, I had seen someone post on the polyamory subreddit. Um, and it was something like along the lines of like considering if your partner is right for you. And I thought it was a great post because, you know, so many times you see people that are like, well, it's kind of a hard thing because people, 
they'll be like, okay, you know, we notice some incompatibilities or some inconsistencies in our desires. And so we want to open up our relationship in order to bridge some of that or like seek those needs elsewhere. And all the time people in, in, you know, non-monogamy, polyamory, you know, we say you can't expect to get everything from one partner. Right. And so exploring non-monogamy or polyamory in order to seek different things from different partners you know, there's nothing wrong with that. However, you know, you see so often where people like open up to bridge some of those inconsistencies or those gaps or whatever. But at the same time, people enter into this space and then it's their first time doing non-monogamy. It's their first time doing polyamory and naturally they fuck it up. And then they're like, well, polyamory is to blame. And then it's like, no, I mean, you know, a multitude of things could have gone wrong, whatever. But like, but the post is mainly talking about how like, if you're going to open up, the things that you put in place for safety in your relationship aren't going to help or mask those inconsistencies. So, and I really like um, what they said in, in particularly, they said, no, you cannot legislate compatibility. No, you cannot veto your way to bliss. No, you cannot communicate yourself past fundamental incompatibilities, even if you love each other very, very much. And then they said, like, polyamory fixes nothing. It won't save your marriage or make your partner happier with your relationship, you know, blah, 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 blah. I especially love the part where, you know, they said, like, no, you cannot veto your way to bliss. Because, like, when I look at my relationship, you know, I'm sure plenty of people could have been like, you know, if you were, as you were opening up, you could have, you know, put more stops in place. I remember I talked to one of my friends once. They're non-monogamous. They're not polyamorous. But I would say they do poly light in the sense that, like, you know, they've had flings that kind of went a little bit more into deeper relationships, but not anything that was like long-term. They were just kind of like short-term. And I remember like during my whole breakup with my husband, I asked her, I'm like, what do you guys have in place, you know, to kind of check along the way and make sure like you're good with everything. And she was like, well, you know, we do have some things here and there. Anyway, she had kind of mentioned a few of them. It's not anything like too crazy, just kind of along the lines of like, if things start getting deeper, they have conversations to see how the other feels about it and then decide if that's how they want to like decide if they both want to continue in this direction or not, you know, with that one person being with said person, whatever. Anyways. And they've been, they've been on an armist for like 10 years. I was going to say since like the beginning of their relationship. Yeah. They've been, yeah, yeah, pretty much. And they've been together as long as, you know, my ex and I had been a little bit before us. So about 10 years. And I just remember like in that time frame, I was kind of like reflecting on how we could have maybe done things differently when we opened up to polyamory, not just non-monogamy. Like I said before in a different episode, like the jump from non-monogamy to polyamory is huge. And I remember reflecting like, what could we have done differently? You know? And then I, you know, I realized I'm like, it's not that we could have done anything differently. We just like exposed an incompatibility. If you're just naturally incompatible, whether you put in place veto power or all these boundaries and rules and things like that's not going to protect your relationship from ending. And especially veto power. I see a lot of people that my whole thing when I read that, I was like, I just don't believe in veto power. And I remember it wasn't it Nick who asked us like when we did that episode with him, Hmm. if we had kind of he didn't say use veto power because he didn't know actually he did use veto but anyways he asked if we had that in place and i was like no and i was because i feel like that you know kind of removes your autonomy 
or I would be removing someone's autonomy if I had veto power. And I would feel someone was removing my autonomy if they placed veto power on me. So like, I just really don't necessarily believe in it. Now, if you choose, you know, if you're polyamorous and you choose to have veto power, like I'm not saying that that's wrong. And I'm not saying that the way that you choose to do polyamory is wrong. I'm just saying it's not something that I personally like agree with because of my values in polyamory or non-monogamy. And I know for sure in the future, like if I enter another polyamorous relationship, sure, I could have vetoed her. If we had veto power in place, I could have been like, you're no longer ever going to see her again. And, you know, we're putting this veto and then, you know, he would have hopefully respected it. And then like our relationship would have continued. But then what? We still would have faced the impasse of children. So it's like, doesn't solve anything. So it's like, if I'm in another polyamorous relationship in the future again, I don't think that I would practice veto power. Do you remember like for the couple that you were speaking on, do you remember some of the things that she said she had in place? Like what, what, what would be an alternative then to veto power? They didn't, it was, they kind of had like veto light, which is like what I said, where if, you know, one of them started getting feelings for the other or for another person, then they'd have a discussion and be like, Hey, I'm having feelings for this person. How do you feel about it? would you like me to continue or would you like me to stop? Mm. And they, she basically said like more often than not that like they would kind of like if things started getting too deep with someone, then they would make the conscious effort to no longer continue the relationship for the sake of their primary relationship. I could also see like not the harm in veto power, but essentially like the resentment that could come from it. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I feel like it's like, you know, if, if if you, you both are exploring polyamory, let's say, you know, you made this really great connection that you're really excited about. And then all your partners like, mm, I don't like them. You Cause they got them. jealous or Sorry, something. Yeah, yeah. Veto. Like that would only make you kind of be like, well, what the fuck? Like, exactly. And I've seen that before on Reddit too. I've read posts where people are like, I don't like my partner's partner is it wrong of me to ask them to no longer see them? And there's always like such a debate on it because that's a tough situation to be in. I get it. I guess I'm I'm just the kind of person to where I'd be like, you know, in that point, parallel the shit out of that relationship, <laughs> you know, like well, to where they don't intersect at all. But yeah. at the same time, like I couldn't in good faith ever look at someone and be like, no, you're not allowed to date that person because they make me uncomfortable in some way. I'm just saying if it's someone like, that's if like they're a, a horrible person. Okay. Yeah. If, or if, they, if they're like a threat to society, then sure. I understand in that scenario. But what I'm saying or what uh, what I was saying is, oh, fuck, I kind of forgot. I'm just saying if, if in the future, like I've just been, you know, thinking lately, especially after like we did that episode with Nicoletta and like with Nadej and all of them, you know, they ask a lot of really insightful questions. And like, you know, as I keep processing everything that happened with my divorce and whatnot, as I'm like, you know, really trying to articulate like what I want my relationships to look like in the future, I know I've said, I'm like, okay, well, polyamory can give or take, which is true. Like if someone, you know, if I met someone that were like, hey, you know what, let's just be like swingers or non-monogamous and have like an open relationship, but be each other's primaries emotionally, I'd be totally fine with that. As long as, you know, all of my emotional needs are being met, like I could definitely do that. But, you know, I'm open to a polyamorous relationship. Absolutely. I still have like, I, I feel like right now I'm kind of practicing solo poly in a way, even though I'd like a primary partner. But if I entered another polyamorous relationship, I'd probably still keep it as kind of free as I did with my ex-husband. What I was going to say is, you know, like, especially like when it comes, what we were talking about earlier, when it comes to veto power and, you know, maybe you veto something and it upsets your partner. Then at that point, like, even if you're like trying to take that choice away from them, they can still make the choice to be like, okay, well, you're not giving me this and I still want it. So I'm out. 
Yeah, because they're going to go get it from that other partner. Exactly. So, which is which is what would have you know like say I had veto power with my ex, and then I was like, nope, we're going to veto her since she no longer wants a polyamorous relationship. But then what? Then he would have been like, well, I still want children, and she still wants children too with me, and we still want it. So like, still would have left. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I feel like you know even if you put veto power in place, like that's not that that's not going to save your relationship if you have incompatibilities. The incompatibility will show itself either way. Yeah. And a choice will always have to be made. But I just, I really loved what they had said. Like, you can't veto your way to bliss. You really can't. And so, and and I I get it. Like, entering polyamory is scary. And also, you know, it's not something that is very well, I mean, obviously by now we've got lots of books and podcasts and resource on it, which is great, but it's still not something that people are like totally pro at or totally seasoned in so it's still hard for people to kind of figure out how to navigate it and so as I think about like what I would want my polyamorous relationships to look like in the future I definitely think that I'd still approach it in the way that I did with my ex-husband but at the same time I think I think maybe I'd just take a little bit more time to really understand our incompatibilities, if there are any, before going into polyamory. I don't know. Just something that I've been like thinking about. I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah. What I'm saying but is I mean, like, you I don't know, think I would change anything. Some, some incompatibilities will arise in the future as people change. So it's not like you can always predict what's going to happen. I know. Yeah. yeah but, I, I mean, but you face that, what, it, what would you call that? Instability? Or no, not instability. That chance, you know, in any relationship, whether it's monogamous or, you know, non-monogamous, polyamorous, whatever. It's like, you know, as people grow, things will change. Yeah. You as a human being will always be evolving. And at some point, if you meet a crossroads, yeah, you're going to have to make that decision. I remember when we went to Mexico recently, which I don't know if you guys saw that we had gone to Mexico for our friend's bachelorette party, which we had a phenomenal time. We posted a couple little fun stories on our Instagram about it and some on our, did we post on Patreon about it? Yes. Okay, Patreon as well. And I just remember one of the girls there, I mean, I'm, all of those girls, almost all of those girls we've known for like 10, 15 years. Um, so it's really cool when you like see people that you've known for such a long time, but we, some of them we haven't seen for over five years because, you know, after high school, we all went our own ways, though we kind of remain in touch in one form or another. But yeah, it's funny because like, they're all the same, but at the same time, like we've all grown and matured. So we're different. So it's, you know, same, at, at same our, but different. Yeah. At our core, we're the same people, but you know, we've, we've grown, we've discovered parts of ourselves, et cetera. Um, but I remember, you know, I was telling her about my divorce and she was like, and I was like, yeah, he wants kids. Da, da, da. And she was like, question. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, did y'all not discuss this before you got married? And I'm like, yeah, we did, but we were on the same page then. And now we're not. And she was like, and that's okay that people change their minds. She was like, that's totally okay. And I'm like, absolutely it is. But I just remember as I was telling her a little bit more about like our open relationship and everything and our polyamorous V situation with his girlfriend, I remember she had asked, she was like, could you not just be like, hey, I don't like this person. You can't see him anymore. And I'm like, I could have done that, but I feel like it just wouldn't have fixed anything and it would have just taken away his autonomy. So those are my thoughts on veto power. If anyone chooses to practice veto power, like I said, it's not necessarily a bad thing. If you have successfully used veto power, I'd be do curious. slide into the DMs. Yeah, Send I'd us be- a message on our contact form, doubleteampodcast.com. I'd be curious just because like like you said, I feel like there it would just cause resentment later down the road. 
if your partner had to stop a relationship because you asked them to, you know, wouldn't like, I mean, unless they like see the light after, you know, and they're like, you know, if you're seeing something, they're not like, oh, maybe this person brings out this really bad side of you. Let's say in a, in a scenario that happens and maybe afterwards they kind of like see the light that could be like a positive veto power situation. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, if you're using veto power, you really need to sit with yourself and be like, why am I not okay with my partner seeing this person? I think you really have to discern that because if it's because they make you jealous, like, oh, you know, I don't like that, you know, they offer more to you or, you know, I'm jealous of this or whatever, like, then those are you problems. They're not Now, if it's because they're making your partner like a raging alcoholic, that's a different story. That's a different story. But- I mean, like I said, everyone brings out different energies in people, not just be in BDSM, you know, but also like in relationships in general, like different friends bring out different sides of me, different relationships bring out different sides of me. And I was actually just thinking about this the other day because you and my ex always said that I wasn't very nurturing, right? And I give y'all tough love. I do. I absolutely do. And I was talking to my most recent partner, the one that I've been seeing for a while now that we've been doing well. And I told him about that. And he was like, that's funny because I see you as such a nurturing person to me. And he just like, I would love to see that. (laughs) (laughs) Nikki's nurturing to me when I'm at least, you know, when I'm low. Otherwise, you expect me to uphold myself on my own, which is totally fine. Yeah. And I I told him that. And and I just kind of laughed that, you know, he had he saw a different version of me. Our little autonomy queen over here. I really champion for autonomy and, you know, especially with everything going on in, you know, the, in politics right now. I don't want to get into that right now. I kind of want to do another episode on that, but I mean, I will say it is true that different people will bring out different energies in a person. I, I think, I feel like I was having that discussion with somebody at the sex party. Yeah, but at the same time, like I, you know, with my ex and his girlfriend, she did bring out different sides of him. I loved watching the two of them fall in love. Like I really did enjoy that. But at the same time, they both loved to drink. And I thought that they kind of like made each other worse in a way. So sometimes I'd be like, okay, you two, like, can we, you know, instead of a mimosa for, to start the day, why not some water? I agree. Sometimes I didn't always love the energy of the two of them combined, but at the same time, like I did love watching them fall in love together. But like, yeah, some people do bring out your vices and that's not a bad thing as long as like you both can kind of get a rain on it. But like, I definitely have friends that like once I'm around them, like, you know, I don't know what my, it takes a special person to get me to drink. Steph, you're one of them (laughs) from broke girl therapy, from broke girl therapy. Yeah. It takes a certain energy for me to want to drink. Yeah. Like some of the, some of the girls at the batch party, their energy made me want to like, you know, have a drink or two. Yeah. No, I'm the same so, way. We, Kimmy and I don't really drink a whole lot. Different people do bring out different But there are me. people that like when I'm with them, I want to like turn up and go, you know, go ham. So anyways. That's but, just our thoughts on veto power. Like I said, if you practice veto power, nothing wrong with that. As I was thinking about like my future relationships and I remember someone asking me like if I would consider like veto power in the future, I was like, no, absolutely I wouldn't because I don't think that solves anything. And when I read that post on on Reddit, you know, you can't veto your way to bliss. I was like, damn right you can't. And, you know, like people all the time, they're like, well, there's the name of the episode. Can't be tell your way to bliss. Anyways, but I, I did really like that post. And it made me think like sometimes people put in all these boundaries in place to try and like protect their relationship. And but the universe, honey, 
will do what's meant to happen. You got to trust the universe. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Boundaries are on like safety, you know, time management, all those things. I I totally agree with that. I'm 100%. But boundaries made out of jealousy. Yeah, probably boundaries, won't work. Boundaries made to like suppress your partner's autonomy, like the one penis policy, for example. Like all those to things. sustain your ego. Yeah, or to save your relationship or keep it, you know, from disintegrating. If you know, like I just don't agree with those necessarily. Those are just my own personal values. Again, you know, everyone can go about non-monogamy and polyamory however they choose, but Maybe I'm just kind of like, you know, a firm believer in, you know, if you love someone, let them go. If they come back to you, you know. They might be yours to keep. You never know. <laughs> but if they don't, like, then you you had your time with them, enjoy it, whatever. And that's a really tough pill to swallow. It really is. It's easier said than said. And I, and I struggle with it. It's this a love story, baby. Just say yes. I love Taylor Swift. Anyways, I'm not an expert at non-monogamy or polyamory. I'm just saying, and as I continue to dissect and articulate how I want to continue to pursue it in the future, especially for my, you know, like now that I do want another primary partner, like what is that going to look like? I don't know that I necessarily want hierarchical, but I, I'm definitely the kind that like if someone has my heart, I give them a lot of time and attention you know, so yeah, we want the same bag for seventh house Libras. Okay, like, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. and I do like relationships. I, you know, so it's like I'm just trying to figure out like how am I gonna move about non-monogamy and polyamory as I continue forth in it. I know it's what works for me, so like that we've established. But now it's like, how do I? I I'm trying to figure out like what flavor do I really want to pursue? But I'm hoping it just kind of comes naturally. Well, the fun part is you never know what's going to happen. Absolutely. Just got to keep an open mind. Like I did at the sex party. I've never kissed a woman's breast before. You haven't? Nope. (gasps) But I did it this time. I motorboated so many boobs at that sex party. This past weekend? Yeah. Really? I love tits. Wow. Well, I I, I kissed that one woman's boobs that's and it. she Just had her. phenomenal tits she had like great they tits. were they were they're fake but they're, but they're big, nice they're very nice i did feel them and they they felt they she weren't like nice rocks. nipples too her There's, nipples looked like ours i'm a big sucker for like good nipples yeah but i love tits i'm honestly getting a little turned on right now thinking about it i really do Anyway, they're soft. Like you put your face in between them, you lick them. Like my favorite is like when a girl's on top of me and like her tits are in my face, especially if they're like, you know, nice. And I, I do like to go for big boobs. I've hooked up with plenty of girls that don't have big boobs, but I, I really am a sucker for like a good, decent sized, the basically ones that I can like really, truly motorboat. That's like my favorite thing to do. Love to hear it. Um. Anyway, so yeah, you never know what's going to happen. You know, I'm leaving myself open to seeing, you know, what comes out of my kinky side. You know, am I a switch? Am I just, you know, a surface top? Um, <laughs> Will I find myself in another polyamorous relationship or just a non-monogamous one? I don't know. I really don't know either. But guys, all I know is I do feel like I'm on the right path. And I do feel like the more that I like continue to think about like what I want out of a relationship and the things that really like truly make me happy, like we got it, like five minutes. It feels like I'm hurry. starting to put the pieces together more and more. And that makes me happy. So go out there and get what you want. Yeah. Okay. And, but also realize the universe will 
make sure you're getting exactly what but I guess the maybe like, wants you to want. You know, not um, that you have to have a homework assignment as you're walking away from this episode, but maybe like take a minute to think about your boundaries and like why they're there. Always or like, you know, question everything. Yeah. I think it's because we're Scorpio Mercury's. We're like never satisfied with the answers that we have. That's true. So anyways, guys, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, wear condoms. And Use code double 20 at Good Clean Love. You know, we haven't really pushed Good Clean Love in a while. Um, and all I'm I just want to say we love their lube. Still using their lube. I used their lube the other day. It was great. I'm about to go order more lube because I'm almost out. And as I was thinking about it, I was like, we got a, you know, little reminder to our listeners to go try out good clean love because i fucking love that lube i really do and we love in the wash which i use every day and i'm running out in the vaginal gel which i use all the time so we need to order more but anyway so yeah use code double 20 at goodcleanlove.com slash double teamed don't forget to check out our site doubleteampodcast.com you're more than welcome to send a contact form if you just want to say you love us or if you have a question or if you have an episode idea like go on the site send us your ideas we love to hear it if you have a story that you want us to tell on the pod this submit one it. girl um yeah submitted it there on the submit it on the pod this one girl had emailed us and she was telling us how because of the pod her and her sister have become closer because she wanted to like reconnect with her sister and that oh, was like so I thought that was so sweet yeah. I was I was like when I read that it like made my heart burst so I anyway, love it. thank you for sending that in to our listener we did. love you guys wear condoms have a great week doubleteampodcast.com 